We have about 320 days of the year where we have an event going on. We have graduations, we have the sporting events, um, we have MMA fights now, um, we have monster trucks, but then we'll also have fundraisers like, uh, you know, the Delta Waterfowl. Thanks for joining us on Louisiana's Playground Podcast, your roadmap to all things Lake Charles, Louisiana. I'm Brady Raynard. And I'm Eric Zartler. What? Yes. Believe it or not, I'm here. Uh, a mystery co-host here. That's right. Believe it or not. And we're excited to bring you the authentic stories and experiences of Southwest Louisiana with all the tools you need to build your own personal Lake Charles itinerary. So as you've already found out, our good friend here at Visit Lake Charles, Eric Zartler, is taking the co-host spot for this episode. And we'll delve into the world of sports over at Burton Coliseum with Jason Barnes, the director of the complex over there at Burton. And we have a fun conversation with the three of us as we delve into everything that makes the complex so special and such a unique piece of Southwest Louisiana for obviously now and upcoming for the future a lot on the way on obviously that front as well. Well, as we begin the show, as always, with a taste of Southwest Louisiana, a segment that I, I'm so excited to co-host with you, probably more so than talking to Jason. No offense to Jason or anything, but love Jason to death and those folks over at Burton. But if you know me, I love to eat. So here's the segment we call On V Eats. And boy, did we have a great choice this week Gosh, as we went sure over did. to Mr. Bill's Seafood Express that has about all you could want to eat, whether it be burgers, seafood, so much more, all packed into a nice little cozy diner. I, I think after our visit there, I have officially checked off the box that I've had everything on the menu. And look, that's Chad dedication. Chad Jason Guillory, the guys over there at Mr. Bill's do a tremendous job and uh, been going there for years back when, when Chad's dad ran the place. Yeah. There's no, there's really no bigger honor than to say, yeah, I've had everything on the menu. Uh, that menu's pretty big too. <laughs> well, look, it's, it's really been a staple of Lake Charles opened in 1991. So they've been in business for 32 years. It's the second generation family owned Bill Poussin, as you mentioned, the namesake and the previous owner, his son and cousin now run the shop. Um, and what's funny is that why it was created, there was a real catering need with the refineries in town when everything was kind of first getting going here. And Bill Pousson stepped up to the plate and said, look, I've got this. And from there, it started its catering really first mentality. And then it is now shifted into a, a, a real restaurant here in town. And they even make their own seasoning, Cajun booze. And what's nice too, is the perseverance that they've shown. Absolutely. So for the last two and a half years, Gosh. their doors have been closed, right? Uh, Hurricane Laura, as it did many across this area, really affected them. Um, and they had some issues building back. They had to get back up to code with a lot of their building. But now they're back better than ever. They opened their doors in January, and they've hit the ground running ever since, which really shows how big of a staple they are in Lake Charles. People missed them. And Absolutely. now that they're back, they're now re part of that regular Lake Charles culinary rotation. You know, since their return, they've also kind of taken it to a new level there. They they have music a uh, couple of nights a week usually. They've done a block party right outside their doors there. So doing some different things to get some new people in there. You know, back in the day when, when his dad owned it, you could walk in there and 
you could almost expect to see the same people every day. And I guess you saw when we went in there. The Zartler special. Yeah. Every, everyone's shaking your hand. Oh, hey, how are you doing? How's your mom and them? It's just one of those places where, where you walk in and you happen to know half the people sitting in the place. Are you trying to say it's a place where everybody knows your name? Everybody knows your name. I was waiting for you to start singing that, actually. They should make a TV show about that at they some should. point. They should probably call it something like Cheers. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll come back to that. As far as what Mr. Bill Seafood Express does well, well, pretty much everything on the menu. But what really stands out, the burgers, right? Oh, my Fresh, never frozen, handmade patties every day in-house. On the flat griddle. Like, you just don't get much better than that. Their gumbo, once again, handmade every single morning. So their roux, handmade every day, and you can tell the freshness there. Boil, grilled, fried seafood. I'm talking fish, oysters, shrimp, crawfish, crab. You name it, they've got it. They're shrimp pull boys, really kind of their staple there. And they are known for putting too much shrimp. At the end of the day, you probably have too many shrimp. They fall off. You're going to have to eat shrimp by hand by the I time you get I actually experienced that on our visit, as you saw. Well, yeah, let's get to what we kind of ordered then. I'll let you, the co-host, take the first stab there. Thank you for that honor, sir. Uh, so I started with the uh, shrimp and crab pistolette. Usually when you get a pistolet, shrimp and crab, you think, okay, you're going to get your bread and it's going to be stuffed with, you know, two shrimp and a little bit of crab meat and some cheese or whatever. This was drowned in it. Like you couldn't pick it up and eat it. You had to eat it with a fork and a knife. It was absolutely delicious. It was almost like a, a queso poured on top of the pistolet. Plus it was stuffed inside of it. It was it was amazing. The, the flavor, the texture, the temperature, everything was perfect. came out and... Uh, that was my first time having that there, um, so I was a lot very of firsts for you. It was first time really having a Envy Eats lunch with you, which was a whole nother experience. <laughs> um, but I was impressed, and probably the, the fifteen minutes it took us to take pictures of our food and everything else is why that was. Otherwise, it probably would have been too hot to eat when it first came out. But that's a that's um, a good point. <laughs> Now, you say pistolet. I'm well aware of a pistolet, but explain to others what maybe that may not know. What is a pistolet? So a pistolet is a roll or a, a piece of bread. Uh, it's, it's soft on the inside, crispy on the outside. Uh, it's fried, typically. Which is um, how it gets it perfect, that's right? That's exactly right. Instead of in the oven, it goes in the fryer. There's some places, believe it or not, in other parts of the state where I've had pistolets that were in the oven. That's and a roll. just not the same. That's just a that's roll. That's just a roll. I agree. If you like, if you're a bread eater, order a pistolet. If you love seafood, order this pistolet because it, it was phenomenal. Uh, and then from the there, perfection. you went to another uh, roll-based menu item there with the po' boy. Another first for me, a grilled shrimp po' boy. I was trying to eat healthy, and it had you know lettuce on it, so that was good. I did order it without the tomato because I'm not a big tomato fan, especially on sandwiches. Not a big fan of raw tomatoes. Big hunk of raw tomato on there. Uh, but it, it was perfect. The shrimp were perfectly cooked, uh, perfectly seasoned. I didn't need to put any seasoning on it. I didn't need to add any ketchup to the to the sandwich. The bread was, uh, you pointed out, you know, it's not like some of the places you go in town and you order a po' boy and you think of this this po' boy bread. It's not like a hoagie bread. It was not a hoagie bread at all. It was it was more, and I described it to you as it was almost like a piece of white bread because that's how soft it was with a really thin crust that was pressed. Really flaky it looked really like too. Really flaky at the top, but the sides were kind of it's hard to explain honestly. It's it's like no other bread I've had around here at all. Um 
but the inside, the, the, the grilled shrimp and the homemade onion rings. Oh my gosh. They put them on there. I couldn't eat them on. I'm a big guy. I mean, I very rarely do I leave food on the plate. And the only reason I did was because I just couldn't do it anymore. Uh, between the bread, the shrimp, the pistolette, the onion rings, the amount of onion rings they gave you. Uh, and they were so fresh, uh, you know, to Chad's point, they do everything in-house there. And, uh, it was just a phenomenal meal. Typically, I'm a burger guy there now, or a plate lunch, uh, and their burgers are second to none. But this was outstanding and definitely something gives me something to think about when I return and go back the next time. Which is obviously the point of, of you know, listening to others really uh, gush about what we've got to order. I went with the chicken and sausage gumbo, shocker, as the appetizer, and it's once again one of those gumbos that I'm going to say, if you're in town and you're looking for a great gumbo, this is a place that is worthy of your stop. Uh, a beautiful, dark, rich chocolate roux. Uh, when I say that, those that have been around enough, it doesn't taste like chocolate. It just looks like chocolate. <laughs> Especially not after all that hot sauce it's, you put in there. Yeah, so. exactly. Well, some chopped vegetables in there, obviously, that, that kind of get cooked down. Chicken and sausage, and it was a huge chunk of chicken in there, some pieces of sausage. Really rich, full of flavor, uh, just a really solid gumbo. And so I can tell that they make it in-house every morning. It's not like that they have a store-bought base. You could tell that this is a homemade recipe because it tastes that way. And eating enough gumbo, you can taste it after a while. A really, really good gumbo. And then for my entree there, I went with the fried fish dinner. It came with a few pieces of fish, fries, once again, a pistolet on the side, although it wasn't covered in cheese sauce. Mm. I don't um, know what you're missing. You know, that fish uh, was really crispy. You really thick cuts of fillets, which is really, really nice. Lots of seasoning, a cornmeal base. The fish were awesome, crunchy. I dipped them in hot sauce, buffalo, and ketchup. So I kind of went the full gambit there, and it was good in each of them. I kept waiting uh, for you to ask for the mayonnaise or mustard. <laughs> really <laughs> nice, cr the crinkle cut fries, which, as you know, when they're good crinkle cut, you get mm -hmm. huge chunks of potatoes in there. So overall, once again, I couldn't quite finish everything. I left a little pistolet on the side and I left a few fries because at the end of the day, once you eat that bowl of gumbo and then all of that, you're right. kind of stuffed. Oh, but yeah. it was a really, really good meal. And one of those places, if you're in town and you're looking for a great meal, it's a good place to go. Fresh Gulf seafood, fresh never frozen burgers, and the, and what we've got today was also very good. Absolutely. A great local spot, great people, friendly service. Uh, never had a bad experience there in all of my visits, and, and this trip was no different. And the location's really solid as well. It's on East McNeese Street uh, off of uh, I-210. Really convenient if you're near McNeese. It's just across the street from McNeese's campus and only about five minutes from Burton Coliseum if you're there for any games or any uh, events uh, as well. So a very convenient location. So make sure, stop by, order up a burger, maybe some seafood. Let us know what you think. From a great meal to a great guest, we welcome on Jason Barnes. He's the director of the Burton Complex, and he's held that job since 2013, so a decade of running the Burton Complex. Amongst his many titles in his career, with his marketing and music business background, he now uses that background to run and promote one of Southwest Louisiana's best assets, the Burton Coliseum and the complex around it. Welcome to the show, Jason. Hi, good morning. Great to be here. As you know, Southwest Louisiana is known for big city amenities with the small town charm that we have, which really makes a vast array of experiences that one can add to their itinerary. From the types of food to the outdoor adventures and national and regional entertainment that the Lake Area draws. 
So we like to open each of our segments, as we always do, with a bit of rapid-fire questions, we call it, just to kind of get to know how you experience and enjoy Southwest Louisiana. So, are you ready? Yes. I already know the answer to one of these for me. Okay. Do you want to do the honors? Uh, crawfish or gumbo? It's got to be chicken and sausage gumbo. I'm allergic to seafood. See, that's why I knew the answer to that question. <laughs> Okay. Work enough Fridays so, with a guy at Marsh Madness <laughs> and right. figure out he's allergic to seafood. So. Well, so, so I guess it is a, a little bit of a uh, an asterisk there, but you do enjoy gumbo. I do love gumbo. What is it about gumbo? Uh, it's just something that you can't get anywhere else in the world, and, uh, and there's nothing like uh, being married to uh, uh, a wife who's a Cajun and has a Cajun family, and I, I my mother-in-law can cook a mean gumbo from recipes passed on for generations and love it just love everything about it important question okay does gumbo have a season yes yes it does i can't i can't eat it in the summer now it's got to be got to be cool i it, did i did i score all right, all right. I, 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 I think brady's done with you at this point all right eric just ask the next question <laughs> all right this is one i don't know i know the the third one but I don't, i'm not sure about this one okay poolside or beachside Okay, that's 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 hard because I I probably would say at, at the last time I've gone to Destin and all that I go beachside. I don't like getting in the water. I don't like the sand, but I'll sit there and I'll I'll get sun. So the two things that make the beach the beach. I know I don't like. <laughs> all right, I think I know the answer to this one too, Brady. All right, concert or comedy show? Oh, concert any day. I like comedy shows, but... But your background in music obviously kind of shines. What is it about music that really draws you to it? I've just always liked music. I, I, uh, I'm i a singer, and um, I went to college for, for that. And, uh, and you know, at some point I just knew that, you know, you, you have to have something to fall back on, it's music business. And But uh, music is, is, is just something that's just been a part of my, my life. It's a thread in, in, my, in my DNA. So now that we've gotten to really understand how you enjoy Southwest Louisiana and the many assets that we kind of bring, one of those assets is obviously under your guidance, the Burton Coliseum. What all falls under the Burton Complex? Because it's more than just the Coliseum. That's right. It's, um, you know, everybody sees the Coliseum. It's, it's uh, our largest building that we have with the police jury. The police jury owns the uh, complex. And, uh, uh, but it's on 50 acres of land and uh we also have an event barn and we have um a outdoor arena and you know that those three buildings keep us busy quite a quite a bit i mean we we uh we have about 320 days of the year where we have an event going on it could be small or it could be massive um so it's it uh keeps us busy and uh it has a lot to offer um, the, the event barn itself is four acres under one roof. I mean, it's massive. And so we have, um, you know, events like the Flea Fest that comes in. It's coming in this fall. And we, uh, we have other, you know, livestock things. But, uh, you know, some, a lot of people think that all we do out there is Western rodeo type things. And quite honestly, out of everything we do, we probably have about, eight or nine Western events throughout the year. And that's it. They're just really big. Oh yeah. There's some, yeah, they're really big, but you know, it's, it's just like they, a lot of people think that, um, but uh, they come out and enjoy it. 
for for years everybody would talk about Burton to your point as as being where the rodeos were the the cow barn and uh McNeese home of McNeese basketball and uh 10 years ago we actually worked together and brought high school basketball championships to right. to Burton Coliseum and it's hosted a ton of other events uh within that time and even before then uh things like the American Idol homecoming with with uh, Josh Odette yes um Talk a little bit about, you know, some of the unique events uh, that, that make Burton what it is, you know, things outside of basketball and, and rodeo. Sure. Um, you know, we we have uh, many events that they're in wide array of, of the spectrum. I mean, we we have graduations. We have um, uh, the sporting events. Um, we have MMA fights now. Um, we have monster trucks uh, that come through. But then we'll also have fundraisers like, uh, you know, the Delta Waterfowl um, uh, fundraiser comes out here. We have uh, uh, an event this weekend that is a youth bull riding competition. And, uh, you know, we're talking like six and seven year olds. And it's at first when they told me about it, I'm like, okay, so you're putting a six or seven year old on a bull. But it really isn't like a bull. I think it's a calf. And. But I mean, they can win serious money. I mean, I think I think the prize is six thousand dollars. So you know that's happening this Saturday, and that's something you don't see every right. day. Sure. So uh, so so there's been uh, some things that have come by, some unique things like that. And then also home to the Highway Rabbit Festival. Highway Rabbit Festival, yeah. And they're a great client. Uh, we with festivals, we have uh, the Rabbit Festival. We have the uh, Cajun French Music Association as well that comes in in July. Um, so it's it's a wide variety, and our our event schedule really ramps up with the school year. Yeah, it really is like almost mirroring when school gets back in session. We get really uh, start to get real busy in September, and by January, January to April, really to May, we are super busy. There isn't a weekend that we don't have you know available, um, and uh, and then it winds back down in June. And, uh, and, you know, it's, we, we get to catch up on some things until. So you'd mentioned some of those community events, how plugged in do you feel like Burton is to the community and, and being able to give a platform for some of these places, like you had mentioned some of the festivals to host their events and give them the space to do so. Well, let's, let's focus on one other thing. That's a community event. I mentioned graduations and a lot of people don't realize it, but you know, when you have a school like, you know, Sulphur High School, the greatest school in this area, uh, Barb, and then uh, Sam Houston, they require a lot of seats, and you need a venue there that, um, that's going to be able to, to hold that. Um, that's one of the assets points that we like to show and we like to, uh, you know, tell people. A lot of people don't realize this, but when we're in a state of emergency, our whole operation turns into a base of operations for uh, Homeland Security. You know, I, I'm not just talking about hurricanes because we've done a lot with hurricanes, but just recently when we had uh, the tank explosion down south Lake Charles, we opened up and we were um, a little shelter for um, the retirement home that was in Greywood, and they stayed there the entire night. I mean, you know, we, we operate in that capacity as well. For the Beauregard uh, wildfires, we, we sheltered some of the animals um, from, from Beauregard for a short time. So, I mean, we, we do a lot of things uh, that people probably wouldn't even realize we even get involved with. 
And is that a decision? Where does that decision come from? And why do you guys at Burton feel like it's important to be that helping hand? It's good to have an asset of that size um, and, and, you know, 50 acres of land to use for a base of operations for anything related to emergencies. You know, it's something that started around Hurricane Harvey in 2017. We started getting into that, that role. And um, it's something that I never expected we'd be getting involved with, but it's, you know, it's something we do. Speaking of those hurricanes, um, unfortunately, you guys were obviously one of the many that were kind of hit during that time. Um, and it and it took a little bit of time to finally get everything back up to where you guys want and still are constantly improving, constantly remodeling. What all, what is new and improved at Burton Complex? I know you guys have been hard at work recently. Yeah, um, you know, we... We were hit pretty hard with um, with Hurricane Laura. And, then, you know, if you look at that year, I mean, everybody knows, too familiar with it. You know, you had the COVID, you had uh, Laura, Delta. And then we had the floods. Our complex uh, has a rain gauge for, it's part of the uh, the rain gauge system here. And our rain ga- gauge um, registered the highest amount. I mean, we, th- we had like 24 inches. And, uh, and it, w- it that was a bad situation. But, um, you know, it, it, it's taken about two years to get back up and running to uh, almost full speed. Um, it, it just takes a while to get the, the paperwork going. But what do we have in store for the community now um, that will be coming into this next event season? Well, uh, we have a, a brand new roof that is very recognizable now. Um, we have abandoned the foam roof that everybody's used to. And we've put uh, metal on top. And so it, it's got this silver look to it. It's silver dome. And uh, it's really nice. Um, it also, it, when the sun hits it right, you can you can see it from the top of the 210 bridge. So that's uh, <laughs> pretty cool. It's the glow. And get the glow. Uh, um, but uh, we also have a new marquee uh, that's out in the front. Uh, there's an entry point signage that, that's right on the corner of Goche. Um, and we're going to be putting in some landscaping soon. Uh, a lot of things that you see when you first come in, because, you know, it's important to us for people to get an impression of what we have to offer from the minute they turn into the parking lot. Other things you won't see, uh, but they're there is we're, we're replacing all of our air conditioning system, our HVAC. And, um, you know, that's going to be a big improvement, but it's a time sensitive situation that we just have to wait on contractors. I mean, we, we have a generator that's going to be able to run the entire complex. It's, it's a, it's a huge, uh, machine and it has been on back order like time after time after time to where I think now we're supposed to get it in July of next year. And that's the very last thing that will be part of this project. I'll say this about the, the renovations and everything out there. You know, when, when 2020, when we had the high school basketball championships uh, and we had to play the finals for the boys with no fans in the stands. Remember that. It was the last event in the state. Uh, it was just one of those events where Jason and his team and the police jury, the LHSA, everybody worked together to, to pull it off. And then to come back a year later into that space after the hurricanes, after the freeze, after the, you know, everything that went on. Um, and 
kudos to you and your team. I mean, was able to pull off. We never missed a beat with hosting those high school basketball championships and uh, 10 years strong. We, we got another year coming up and then we go back to the bid table um, and hoping to keep it here some more. Keep but it uh, it's uh, it's been a great ride. Uh, Jason and the team out there at Burton do a tremendous job on that as well as every other event they do out there. And uh, always thankful for, for partners like Jason and, and those guys out there and ladies at Burton. Uh, for being willing to work uh, to host some of those events. It's a great partnership that we've had with CBB for, you know, 10 years now. And, you know, working with Eric is is just such a charm. Uh, and uh, You don't have to say it because no, he's right I, no, here. No, I'm saying it. I'm, I'm being I'm honest. Right. <laughs> I'm being truthful. Uh, and, and all of his staff. It's, it's, um, that's part of what we enjoy doing. All of the team that's out at Burton that I have um, – you know, I tell them when, when, when we interview them and I remind them all the time that, look, in order for us to have success, every single pair of hands has to be involved. If we don't have you involved, we can't have success. It's a group effort, and we always want to instill ownership within everybody from a manager all the way down to a custodian because we really want them at the end of the day or end of the shift they, to walk out of our, our event saying to themselves, man, they couldn't have done this without me. And it's true. That's not just something we're saying. That's a truthful statement. Um, and when you have a big event like the tournament, I mean, I can remember like it was yesterday, 10 years ago, that we've never had one before. It's pretty daunting to figure out all the little working details. And it took about three or four years. But after four years, year five, well, really year four, I mean, it's like the back of our hand. We know exactly what to do. It all works. And to get to that point from the beginning of not knowing anything to knowing, you know, you know that you've got a solid staff that knows what to do. You have solid partners like the CBB and the volunteers at work, and it all comes together. That's what really fuels me and, and, and really makes me happy uh, of being uh, able to have the opportunity to run a place like that. And the one thing I truly appreciate is during events like that, and especially in the early years, was the ability to to just flex and say, hey, okay, this isn't working, so we're going to change it during the break, or we're going to change it tonight so it'll be fixed tomorrow. That's not something you see in other places or in other venues. They're like, okay, well, we'll make a note for next year and we'll, we'll move this barricade or whatever. We were doing stuff on the fly, um, yeah. and, and nobody – Never heard a complaint from anybody out of Burton. Um, LHSA was extremely thankful and continue to be. Uh, so it was uh, just a great team they have assembled out there and, and can't appreciate them enough. Well, you, you mentioned the success of hosting events and new events, trying something new, trying something bigger. You talk about the remodels. Is there a plan to set up Burton Coliseum to become – I don't know, maybe an anchor point for larger events to be able to host bigger and better. Um, and does that happen through hosting events like LHSA, learning how to do that size event so you can get larger, mix that in with what the the remodels and all of that that you guys are doing on the back end? Is that how that happens? Yes, there's always something that you can learn from every event that you do, uh, whether it's big or small. But LHSAA's basketball tournament, especially the way we've done so many different formats where, you know, it's been a full day where anybody can come in and out to last few years. It had been we're emptying out the stadium every single game. 
you know, you learn how to do that. And if you can do, if you can empty out a stadium and you can clean it real quick and you can be ready to open the doors, if you can master that, you can do any event because that's probably one of the hardest things that you can do. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's very interesting. Um, we like challenges and that's what we are always faced with certain things that, you know, there's always something that's a challenge. You know, the other part that's that that we really like doing, and, and Eric is familiar with this. Eric has actually been a part of some of these stories. But, you know, you get so busy with these events and you're so in the zone with things. Um, undoubtedly, something very funny happens. And we have so many stories. I mean, like so I, many videos. I, well, I, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I won't get into I, I won't. I'll only give you one example, but it was the Josh Ledet. Um, American Idol thing, which was another huge, big deal. That was even more of a community effort. I mean, we had we had the sheriff, the marshal, all these people that just came in and did whatever. What do you need? What do you need? With and it? pulled it off in a and week. Pulled it off in a week. Um, and uh, we're, we're at the end of the show. Everything's been great. Um, it's all going well. And we hear over the radio from someone, uh, where's the lost and found? And we tell them where the lost and found is. And he says, okay, because we just found dentures uh, on the bathroom counter here. And we're like, someone left their dentures. How do you forget your dentures? And then the other part of it was, was that we, you know, someone ultimately threw them away. I'm like, no, you keep that. That's, that's a keepsake that, you know, these are the dentures. Yeah, that's going to be in, in, in one of those uh, glass boxes <laughs> yeah. somewhere. It's going on the end of Jason's desk, let's be real. Yeah. If nobody claims them, they're going on Jason's desk. Yeah, on my computer, I have on my open screen, I have this little line that I, you, can, you can customize it, this little line. I, I have it. I said it all started with dentures. Just to remind me, it's just, there's so many funny stories like that. And Eric might have been one or two of those stories, oh, but yeah. we, won't, we won't get into it. Uh, relaying back to the question, do you see the potential for Burton to grow? Yes, uh, there's, there's a lot of things that we can do. Some of the things that we want to do, we haven't been able to do. Um, we, we would love to get into touring productions. And uh, the only thing that's really holding us back right now is that um, our rigging system that we have is not set up in a sense where we can bring in touring productions. Uh, but there is a, uh, a system called a super trust system uh, that you can get that sort of rights the wrong. And um, that possibly could be coming in uh, as soon as next year. And the minute that we have that, the minute we uh, are able to put that in place and get that going, that's when we can start building relationships with promoters and trying to get some touring um, events because that's crucial to have for the things. That's one of our big goals that we really want to uh, to touch on. What about the equestrian portion of the complex? I, I know within uh, recently at the Lake Charles Recreation Master Plan, the the company that kind of is behind it and, and looks at a lot of the assets and tries to see the potential of what things can be. I know that they saw the potential within the equestrian portion for things like BMX. Do you see something like a, like BMX tournaments happening? There? Oh yeah. Yeah. In fact, I, I can't really talk much uh, about it, but there is something to the effect of that. That's a possibility that might happen in next year. 
You know, we touched earlier on McNeese basketball, and McNeese yes. basketball called Burton home for over 30 years and then left and then came back for a season and a half after Hurricane Laura. What are some of the – I know you've only been there 10 years, but Burton's got a ton of history. Everybody has their kind of favorite Burton moments. I know I have several of my own from the Southland Conference Championships with Tick Price and ESPN being in the house that Saturday morning and McNeese going on to the NCAA tournament to – Washington Marion and Lagrange and some of the local schools that got to play in the in the state tournament. What are some of your special Burton moments that, whether from your time there as the as the director or even growing up in the area? My first memory of Burton Coliseum was when I was five years old. I, that was the first time we went, and I, that would have been around the time it was just opened. Uh, it shows our age, but um, I went there for a rodeo. Uh, I remember seeing, uh, it's, this is a little known fact, and nobody will ever probably ever see this, but the roof at the top inside is wood. It's wood that you can't get your hands on anymore. And originally it was designed in a beautiful pattern. And it's, it's up there. But over the time, the sound acoustics had to be improved, and so they put acoustical foam and covered it all up. So you can't see it anymore. But I still remember what it looked like in my head. I've searched and searched archives to try to see if I can get a picture up just to show people. I, I can't find it. But I was there. I went to the rodeo. You know, all of the events, like the Josh Ledette, American Idol was a big one. I, I have to piggyback on what you were saying about the Washington Marion game. That was huge. That was, that was I've never seen the Lock place. Lock the doors. I've never seen a place jump like it was when... When Marion won that title, twenty seventeen. Yeah, American Idol was it was about that kind of electricity as well. But, but um, you know, there's a lot of a lot of history there. Like you said, um, you know, it's it's about forty six years old, and just so many big events have happened. I know uh, I was not there much for the McNeese basketball uh, before they built their own arena, but uh, a lot of people still talk about when. Um, LSU came to play them here and how uh, that was a, almost a sellout crowd. Um, there was a big tournament that, that called, it was almost like a, a American Idol deal. I can't remember. Maybe it was the NIT or something where they called and they said, we, we need to bring you, you know, we need to move the game to you tomorrow night. And there was a big scramble to get the floor out and all. Um, so there's a lot of memories with that. Um, but it's just, it's just a great building. And, uh, and, and then the complex itself has so much to offer. Uh, so uh, I encourage anybody who comes to you know, come out there and, and check and see what's going on because undoubtedly we have public events that are always taking place. Do you guys have a schedule of events pages anywhere that, where people can kind of keep up with it? Yes, uh, it's on our website, burdencomplex.com. Our website's about to be redesigned, so uh, it'll be even better. Well, we appreciate your time here uh, talking about one of the best assets here in town uh, and all that you guys offer. I think when you kind of think back, you don't realize how often that you have an event or uh, are at the Burton Complex. Uh, and then when you kind of sit back, you realize how big of a role Burton kind of plays in all of our lives here in southwest Louisiana and hopefully anyone visiting to be able to come and check out some of the events there as well, as you said. Well, I sure do appreciate the invite and uh, it's great talking with you all and and. and it, you guys know we we have a, a wonderful partnership with the Convention Visitors Bureau, um, not just on Burton, but all kinds of things. It's it's just a great relationship, and I, I am very thankful for it. 
Thanks again to Jason Barnes for joining us here on the show. And you know what? Thank you for taking time out of your day to join us here on the podcast. If you enjoyed the show, would you please leave us a follow or review, a rating, some type of positive reinforcement, a pat on the back that says, hey, Brady, Eric, nice job. Not bad. Yeah, just go to visitlakecharles.org slash podcast for more episodes, where to eat, and events happening this weekend. I'm Eric Zartler. And I'm Brady Reynard. Thanks again for coming play on Louisiana's Playground. See you.